Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This week on Buckets, Boards, and Blocks, well, sports are on hold. But we are still bringing the content. And I'm talking to one of my homegirls, of which I'm very, very proud. Darlene, let's run it. Buckets, Boards, and Blocks is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. Buckets, Boards and Blocks is hosted by a former Georgetown Hoyer who likes nothing better than a well-executed fade screen and thinks DC ballers are the smartest. A lover of threes in transition, Monica McNutt. Thanks, Darlene. This week on Buckets, Boards and Blocks, we have a friend of mine, a friend, sister friend, like really close person in my life. He's super dope. She played basketball at George Mason. She was a D1 athlete and standout there, both academically and athletically, before going on to get a master's at the University of Maryland. Shout out to our favorite uh, mentor, George Solomon, there. From there, she went on to take a position as a broadcast associate with CBS Sports, which means she's got her hand in the pot as far as broadcasts go for both the NFL, the NCAA on CBS, and of course, March Madness when things are not put on hold because of a pandemic. She also is the curator, the creator, founder, producer, editor extraordinaire of Road Chronicles with Rachel McNair, in which she takes fans and followers behind the scenes of life on the road, producing for the NFL and NCAA for CBS Sports. She is no one other than my good friend and homegirl, Rachel McNair. Girl, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me, Mommy. Um, okay, so I wanted to have you on, not only because you're just fantastic, but I think you are at an interesting intersection of all that's going on. One of the premier events mm-hmm. that we all would have been looking forward to uh, is March Madness, headed by your company. This year, I know you guys were partnering with Turner on some of the um, events. Obviously, 2020 will be remembered as March Sadness, among other things. But I just want to know, <laughs> like, I want to share with people what would have been your process getting ready for March Madness, if not for this unforeseen events? And then two, what actually happened? Like, we saw that Mark Emmerich called the tournament. How did that trickle down? Who told you? What were the next steps as you thought you were getting ready to go on the road? Man, oh man, I still can't believe uh, we're not going to have March Madness this year. Um, But we had our meetings the Tuesday, so... I think everything ended and we found out either Thursday or Friday, but Tuesday we had our March Madness meeting um, with our manager. We were all, we had our crews all set. We were going to go where. Um, and then Thursday came and everything just changed. Like it was one thing after another. And the way that it worked was at first um, we were trying to find out from the NCAA um, whether or not we were going to be having it. And they weren't telling us anything. So they were handling it on their own. Um, and then eventually I saw it on Twitter <laughs> that they decided that they weren't going to be having the tournament, which we all assumed, especially after the NBA um, postponed and everything. 
Um, but our bosses were kind of just like, hey, this is where we are right now. And I was actually going to be on the road. I was going to be with um, one of our top crews working on the road and covering two weekends of the tournament. And I was really looking forward to it because it was my first year being on the road. I was in the studio the last two seasons, so I was looking forward to it. But uh, March sadness, as you said, uh, came to a tough end. So that's the way it went this year. But I just want people, because I think for me, it's so important to highlight women that are in the industry and that are thriving and aren't necessarily in front of the camera. So that's the way it happened because of these unfortunate events. But share with us how it would have happened. Like if if, we, if everything was full go, what would your schedule have looked like after that meeting on Tuesday? So after that meeting, it was, we would have been waiting for Selection Sunday. So Sunday would have came, would have found out which teams were in which region. And then literally on Sunday night, I would have found out which region I was going to. And depending on if my game was going to be Thursday, Saturday, or Friday, Sunday, that would depend on what I'm getting on my flight. So <laughs> if my game was on Thursday, I was going to be flying out on Tuesday to get to my flight. So it was really like that quick of a turnaround. Sunday, we find out. Monday, we edit. Tuesday, we're on the road and we're in business. So, um, and then it's just all history there. Like, we're covering games, and like you said, I'm a broadcast associate, so I produce graphics for the live games. So for the most part, that is telling the story of the game, what's going on. So depending on what the matchup is, I'm going to be putting together notes to help the audience know what's going on, what's the history of this matchup, why is this important, um, and um, it just depends on that. So you would have been, when you say you would have edit, had edit before you left, you would have been working on putting together graphics, collecting notes. Yes, exactly. So a lot of the stuff that goes on in our edit is kind of just the different elements we put together. So sometimes we put together a tease, which is just a video that teases the matchup of who's playing. And then also, and the elements that go into that is video, getting audio, to put all of that together so that we can, you know, provide that content for our audience um, and kind of give them a little hyped up before they watch the game. Oh, March Madness is such a unique time. Okay, so before we kind of pivot to how you're navigating this year and highlights, I want to make sure that I give you a fantastic shout out. Everyone knows one of the things we all look forward to in March Madness is one shining moment. And in case you were wondering who had a hand in the one shining moment pot last year, drum roll, please. <laughs> My good girlfriend, Rachel McNair. How did that even come to be? Tell me what all goes into uh, one shining moment. Because really, it's not that long when we watch it, but it's the collective moments from the entire tournament. Yes, it's um, it was one of my favorite projects ever because, you know, as a former D1 athlete, it's something that we watch at AAU teams, like at AAU tournaments, and just different events. And I, um, what goes into it is we try to include all the teams that got selected, even some of the teams that may have won in like first four, even though technically like we don't count it as like the first round because it's your first four in. Um, but we try to include all the teams and very special moments. Um, and it's a lot <laughs> because we try to limit, limit it to about like two thirty to three minutes. And you're thinking about putting about like 64 teams 
and one moment from each of those into two, two minutes, two to three minutes. And it was extremely hard. Um, but the big highlights, we make sure that we have to um, highlight big moments. So Zion was a big part of the tournament last year. And one of the things, I made sure that he was in the first, at least first 20 seconds. He, ever, he was the NCAA, like, last year. Like, <laughs> yes, there was top players, but Zion Williamson, like, was huge. So he had to be a big part of that, even though they ended up losing. Um, but we try to have key moments, key uh, reactions, sad moments as well, because that's a part of it, the heartbreak. Um, but I really enjoyed being a part of One Shiny Moment. And I, by this time, I probably, I can play it in my head. Like, I, I heard that song so many times. Like, <laughs> One Shiny Moment. <laughs> okay, so how many people were actually, you said you were a part of the team. How many people are actually working on that two thirty to three minute video? So um, it was me, my associate uh, director, Alana Campbell, and then my editor, which was Freddie. And um, so basically, we get together the video, the radio calls, the audio from our announcers. It just depends on what sounds better for us. So it's all about what sounds good. So if the radio call didn't sound good, we're going to use our actual announcer. Um, And then the video, I'm usually pulling clips. So obviously, as these games are happening... We want to get the best stuff. And since we're producing content around the clock, a lot of this stuff is mostly like, okay, maybe someone already clipped off this tight shot of uh, Zion. So it's like, okay, I can grab it from there. But it's kind of, um, in terms of picking the shots, I had a huge part of that. Like picking the shots, me and Alana were working hand in hand, day and night, uh, trying to find the, the best shots, the best combinations, and also to match the work. Like, when you see when you see your face, like you want to see someone's eyes. And preparation I did was I watched all the one shiny moments from back in the eighties, just oh, wow. so I could see kind of different patterns that we wanted to keep or traditions that they had and certain like shots that they show, um, depending on the words that they were saying. Wow, look at you, prep work, prep work. Okay, you said day and night. How long? Like, were did you not sleep working on it, or do you get like how much actual time probably went into it? Oh, man. Um, well, we start editing, I want to say, around the second week. So we would have started editing around this week if we were to have the tournament, if I was working on it. Um, just because, like, the first week, there's so much stuff going on and you don't know who's going to win. Like, so it's kind of like, okay, this is a big moment now, but we got another week left. There could be a better moment that kind of X's out that other moment. Um, so... I want to say, I mean, our edits were at least 12 hours. And depending on when the games were, because there's West Coast games, we could be there, you know, as late as 2 a.m., 3 a.m. And that doesn't mean our end time was 8 a.m., but it just depended on, like, when the games and stuff were. Got it. Got it, got it, got it. Girl, well, you know, I tell you this in our side conversations, but I'll totally say it on the pod. I'm just super duper proud of you. You are crushing it. Um, So one of the Thanks, things... Thanks, girl. Of course, of course. One of the things that I like to... I mentioned when we have a chance to talk to folks on this pod who necessarily aren't in front of the camera but are thriving in their career space, 
we had our friend Morgan Mitchell on who um, has a big hand in the social media pot for NBA TV. Um, I'm curious about your path. And I know, you know, us fellow D1, former D1 ballers, I love <laughs> how much we're able to glean from our sports experience that kind of propel us forward. But just share a little bit about your path, Rachel, because a BA for CBS Sports, one, I just need everyone listening, especially my young people, to know that that is a full-time job with benefits. <laughs> Shout out to you. And it's not necessarily the most traditional position. My producer, Bruce, is back there raising the roof because we respect full-time jobs. <laughs> um, it's not the most <laughs> advertised position. So, Rachel, just share a little bit of your path from finishing up your hoops career at George Mason. And did you always know that you wanted to get into sports? Did you always want to be behind the scenes? Um, okay, so after, when I was approaching graduation, I was like, you know, I love sports, I love basketball, most importantly, but how can I, in some way, some fashion, still be involved in the game? And that's what led me to get my master's in journalism from Maryland. Um, and originally, I wanted to be on air. So a lot of the stuff I was doing in grad school um, was centered, centered around doing things on air. So I was covering the Washington Mystics and Wizards with round ball reports um, and just different things like that. And then I realized I got access to um, our, um, during my capstone program at graduate school, I got a chance to produce my own sports segment. And that's why I was like, wow, wait, I can do this? Like, I can like put together what I want to talk about and then actually talk about it on air. But I was like, you know, I want to get more experience doing things behind the scenes. So it wasn't kind of like, oh, I just didn't want to, you know, be on air anymore. It was just more so it kind of interested me. So I was like, you know what, I need to get the whole circle. Like, yes, I know on air stuff and I got that experience, but I wanted to get more experience with um, production. And so after graduation, I ended up getting a uh, internship at ESPN in Charlotte. So that was SEC Network and ESPNU when it was down in Charlotte. Um, and I loved it. Like, I loved production because it was more so seeing your hard work on television. So, like, pitching your ideas in a boardroom and, and someone want, like, the producer saying, yeah, you know, I like that idea. Put it together. And whether it was a game highlight that you put together um, or just, like, a tease, bump, like, all of that type of stuff to um, tease different games and, like, our shows and stuff. Like, I, I really took away a lot from seeing that on television. Um, and I was like, you know what? I, I want to start my career production. And that's what led me to apply to a bunch of companies um, on the behind-the-scenes side. And at CBS Sports, that entry-level position is a broadcast associate. And it seems like I, a lot of people are always like, what do you do? What do you actually do? And for those of you that know, like, what a production assistant is, it's basically the same thing. Um, but I think that at CBS, like, we aren't just set in stone to, like, just cutting highlights or just doing one thing. Like, I'm able to, like, I worked in the studio. I was on the, I was on the road. Um, but also, I got a chance to, like, produce a feature on Michelle Roberts um, for one of the luncheons that we produce videos for. So it wasn't just set to one thing. And I think that's the thing that I like about it because I'm able to not just do, like, just be in the studio cutting highlights. You know, I'm able to do a little bit of everything. Um, 
And so I, I've been fortunate enough and to meet people. That's another big thing about it, networking. I met you in Maryland. Um, <laughs> so it's been a blessing. Fantastic. I mean, I just think you obviously have made such tremendous progress at, at a young age. I mean, you've really hit a stride and you're owning it. And I just love celebrating all that you've accomplished. But when you look back, Rachel, what do you think was probably, I guess uncertainty is sort of the word that we're using because we're so uncertain about what lies ahead in regards to COVID-19. But even in your process of landing your first job, what sort of uncertainties did you have to battle? What do you think, what advice would you give to someone in your position coming out of grad school or even an undergraduate program trying to get into the industry? Because girl, I don't know about you, but I have so many young women hit me up that are like, just what, what do I do? Like, what advice can you give me? Like, I'm just, I'm trying and it's hard. So the biggest advice I would get to someone is make sure you don't take the nose. Like, don't listen to the nose. I'll, I'll say it like that. Don't listen to the nose because you're going to get a lot of nose before you get that one yes. And when you get that one yes, that's when everything will change. For me, just like people that may be coming out of school and they're not sure what they want to do. But that was me like three years ago, four years ago. Like that was me. I didn't know what I was going to do, but networking was huge for me. And I sent about like, I want to say like a hundred emails and it wasn't like nagging email, but it was following up different conversations, um, informational interviews. And there is a lot of uncertainty, like you mentioned. But I think it's just the biggest thing is not to get discouraged. Like, yes, people are going to say no to you. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're not qualified, but it just may not be the best fit for you. Um, and you have to accept that. Like something that you really, 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 really want and you feel like it's for you may not be for you. But then when you do get that yes, it puts you in a position where you're like, wow, this is better than what I wanted before. Um, so don't get discouraged. It's as hard as it gets. And as discouraging as this process can be, especially in media, um, be positive and move forward and try to create your own um, content. Like if you want to be on air, put together, you know, put together you covering different games or like a real um, something that you can show yourself, even if you're not getting an internship, like if you can't get an internship. Put together your own content so that you have something to show forth when people want to um, talk to you or interview you. Hey, Rachel, this is uh, Bruce, Monica's producer and loyal sidekick. Um, I was a 30-plus uh, year veteran at ESPN, so I probably know some of the people you work with down in Charlotte. But what I was curious about, hearing you tell your story um, and the, the, the wide variety of things you've had a chance to do and the way you seem to take everything in, what is your next goal at CBS? I mean, are you somebody who wants to produce games? Do you want to produce features? What's, uh, what's, what's your passion? That's a great question. Um, you know, currently, um, my goal was originally, I was in the studio, and originally I was like, you know, I want to be on the road. I want to um, kind of see how the road is, road life is. But I do really like being involved in those, like, longer form things. Um, just because it's the, the art of telling story. Like, so like I had mentioned before, I got a chance to produce like a feature on Michelle Roberts and being able to interview her and then, then put together my own like piece of kind of her life and um, 
then that being able to air and for her to be like, you know, thank you so much. You know, it was great. It, you know, I take, I took away from a lot of that. So I really love the art of storytelling, but um, right now I'm in the, I'm in the, the route of being a producer. So the next step would be, it'd be broadcast associate, then associate director, and then producer, whether that's in the studio or on the road. Um, but I'm still kind of figuring out, you know, you could either be a producer or a director. I'm, st I'm still figuring out what route I want to go. Um, but I'm kind of just trying to kind of dibble and dabble in everything so I can see what I want to do. There's such different skills producing games versus producing features. Um, and, you know, I've, I was never a game producer. I was always a studio producer and then a coordinating producer. And I always really admired the people that could produce and direct a live game. Because one of my really good friends is a guy named Drew Esikoff, who directs the Sunday night football games on NBC. He works with Fred Goodelli. And they're the most amazing live producer-director team I've ever seen. And one of the things about Drew watching him do a game, I told him one time, I said, you can talk faster than I can even think. And when I see a good producer-director combo, I'm just in awe of what those guys and women can do. Yeah, I know. Um, it. I love it. I, I was on the road for two years, and I got a chance to see um, my producer, which this past season was Ken Mack, and my director, who is the only woman director at our network, Suzanne. Um, I was able to see them kind of make magic, and it's <laughs> being in a TV truck is a lot different than being like you know in a control room well not necessarily a lot different but it's just different because it's like we have a live game and then that's it like I was on the road for NFL and CBS um and I was on our third crew we have like seven crews um but we being on their third cruise means that we get you know the top like matchup in terms of ratings wise um and so just being able to say, you know, you work, you know, whether it goes to overtime or whatever, like just a good game. It's like, oh, I worked a game that was um, when uh, New England lost to Miami. So the, the game that everyone was tuned into, like, is New England going to win? Or are they going to lose back-to-back -back games? And boom, Miami beat them. Um, <laughs> so it's just good to be able to say things like that. Um, for the inside take on what it's like to be in a projection truck, folks, you have to check out. Road Chronicles with Rachel McNair because you really do a great job of kind of giving people an opportunity to see a side of it all that they don't necessarily see. What inspired you to start that project, Rachel? I think it was people kind of reaching out to me about like, hey, what do you do? Like, are you on the field? Are you holding a camera? And I'm like, no, that's not what I do. You know, I'm just going to show you guys. I'm going to show you guys what I do because for those that may be interested in whether it's production or on air, because I feel like even if you're on air, it's, it's good to know or have knowledge about what we do in the truck to help you, you know? Um, but my biggest inspiration was just me being on the road all the time. I feel like I'm on social media and stuff and I show my journey. So I'm like, you know, why not put together, you know, a nine minute video. And honestly, I do it when I'm on the move. Like I'm in the airport. I'm, I'm seem to be on the move a lot, but um, that's kind of been my inspiration just to show people like, you know, it's not necessarily all about, you know, being on television, like physically, but you can do stuff behind the scenes that can be a huge contribution to the broadcast. 
All right, so let's let's use that as a little segue. You are, as am I, my friend. We are accustomed to being on the go, on the road, heading to games, heading to events, studio <laughs> shows, whatever. And not just us. Everybody has come to a halt. Um, and Bruce has this great question where we kind of are drawing from our experience as athletes um, and team sports, and just in general, to kind of navigate this time. Is there something that you've kind of relied upon as we all are sort of taking this thing one day at a time because we really don't know what to expect and so much of what we consider to be normal has been put on hold. What are you drawing upon right now? Um, It has been uh, very tough just because, and I know it's been tough for everyone, but it's been very tough for those of us that are constantly on the move, especially like every single weekend, like I'm on the road, I'm getting on a plane, um, and so with that coming to a halt, I'm kind of just trying to find other ways to be creative because, you know, we don't really know um, what our next project is going to be. Like, you know, the Masters got post, um, you know, got postponed and that would have been the next thing after March Madness. Um, and then we're also supposed to have like big three basketball starting in June, but we don't know where that's going to happen. So it's kind of just, you know, an uncertainty about, you know, what's next and We've kind of, you know, got the instruction to, you know, think ahead, you know, like think ahead to NFL, like even though, you know, that could be, you know, affected, but that's way ahead. So, so I've been just thinking about like, you know, different ideas and um, how I want to, you know, move into the next season of whatever that may be, whether it's big three in the summer or whether that's NFL in the fall. Um, and other than that, I've kind of just been trying to, um, find other ways and other way, um, ways to be productive. So um, it's been, <laughs> it's been very different. I've been uh, talking to my friends a lot and trying to see what they're doing. Cause a lot of my friends are in sports, including yourself, um, but doing a lot of reading, a lot of writing. Um, and I think it's important during this time to just not just sit there and not do anything, but try to find certain ways to be productive. You sound so smart. I've been doing I've been doing some of those things, but I've also been doing I wouldn't say a lot of binging, but I've watched more TV than I feel like I have watched the entire season combined in just this week. Girl, don't get me wrong. Don't, don't get me wrong. I've done that too. You know, because we like gone and we can't never catch nothing on time. Like I'm working when X Y Z show comes on, but now I've had time to catch up on everything. <laughs> Plus, you get to you know have that family time. Okay, you know wh- what do you guys do? Uh, when I'm gone, because right. you know, you usually on the move all the time. You get a chance to talk to your family, see what they're up to. It's true. It's true. I know my dog Hoops is like super spoiled. She's been getting mega walks and like all this cuddle time, and I'm usually like completely gone. So, poor Tink. When we go back to normal things, because Mama gotta go. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> um. Okay, right. So this, I just, lo- I'm so proud of you. Have I told you that already? I just, I just think you're fantastic. <laughs> Um, I do want to hit on this because I know this is something that's um, close to both of our experiences. Um, we work in a male-dominated industry, and in addition to it being male-dominated, it is still largely the shot callers, and many positions are still vanilla. I mean, you had the opportunity to work um, with Rods Durant, who just left ESPN and is now taking a position uh, with the Disney Parks, Wide World of Sports, so she won't be on the TV side anymore, but she'll still be a part of the Disney family. She actually popped in on studio with us about two weeks ago, so it was great to see her. Um, I know Harold Bryant is a black man who has a high position with CBS Sports. Um, But in general, 
we are what they consider double minorities. And shout out to Bruce. Bruce is saying he loves Roz. We love Roz as well. Um, we're women <laughs> and we're black women. Is that something that you see when you walk into your office at CBS Sports in New York Daily? Or like, how do you deal with that in terms of what you do? Because besides you and Suzanne, are there <laughs> many women on the road in the truck when you're doing NFL? Um, so it's on the road for my crew this past season. It was me, Suzanne, and uh, Lindsay, and then also my operator, uh, Susie Fisher. So we had a few women on our crew. So that's four but out of how many? that is rare. A lot of, you know, women in production. Um, what'd you say? That was four women out of whom, out of how many on the truck? Uh, four women. Four women in the graphics and the producer truck. Got I it. would say out of about twelve. Okay, so those good. are just our specific trucks. So yeah. Um. So um, in terms of me walking in the office, though, like I'm probably in BAs. I'm one of two black women, and before she got here a couple years ago, I was the only one. Um. And so it's definitely noticeable because, you know, you go, you get into a room and you're, you look around and you don't see anyone that looks like you. Um, but I've been able to just use it to my advantage in a way to um, find ways to distinguish myself. You know, yes, I may be a black woman, but I also am a former athlete. And then I'm also able to bring this, a, you know, whether one, two, three to the table. Um, and I think that it's so important because people are always like, you know, what, what, like, um, what's your biggest challenge with that? And it's kind of, you know, beyond just the workplace, it's the challenge that, you know, we have no control of, control of. Um, and so being on the road specifically, I'll say, I, <laughs> I've talked to plenty of people who were like, wow, like I've never talked to or seen uh, a black woman in your position on the road specifically. And for me, I'm just like, you know, I'm happy to be someone, the, one of the first people that they've seen because I'm like, you know, I'm working my butt off. Um, and so I'm happy that I can be that. And I'm looking forward to continuing to, you know, move up and kind of um, pave the way for other black women that may want to you know, work in production. Just because it's so important. It's so important to have other people that look like you. Um, just because it's kind of like, you know, when you when you see someone at the top that looks like you, you're like, wow, I can get there. You know, for someone that's been, I've been at CBS for three years now. Um, and when you see someone that looks like you at a top level, you're like, wow, I can get there. And it doesn't necessarily mean that if you don't, it doesn't mean that you can't. But it, it helps you on your path to doing so. For sure. I love that. If you can see her, then you can be her. And so setting the example is very, very important. All right. Before we begin to wind this thing down, I want to give you a chance to tee up Road Chronicles a little bit more. You talked about how you began and why you were inspired to do it. But I know you've had some fantastic guests like myself (laughs) and our friend Megan McPeak, um, Taylor Ricks is joining. I know Carrie Champion has hopped on. So like, what are you most proud of when you look back on what you've accomplished so far with Road Chronicles with Rachel McNair? Um, you know, I never really knew 
what it was going to be. I was kind of just on a whim, like, all right, you know, let me just try to educate people on production and what I'm doing and, you know, show my fun times because it's not all work, you know, work hard, play hard. Um, but also when I'm on the road, I'm like, you know, I do come encounter with a lot of my mentors. Um, and I think it would be beneficial for them to contribute in some way. So, like you had mentioned, I had you. You were actually one of my first guests, okay? <laughs> um, just because I think that since those are my mentors, they can definitely help other people out there that may be watching the video and thinking, you know, how can I one day be in a position where Rachel is? Hey, well, let me show you the people that I've learned from. And let, let me ask them questions that could help you in some way, some form. Um, and a lot of women uh, have been on air, I would say. Yeah, a lot of the women have been on air. Um, but for the most part, I'm just trying to convey that, you know, at one, at some point, you could be just like them. Like, and what, what, whether it's challenges. Like, I had, I had you, I had Carrie Champion, I had Taylor Rose, I had Megan McPeak, um, I also had Angel Gray. Um, it, it, it shows, honestly, me kind of how far I've come just because like I've been able to connect with all of you guys throughout my career, which has been an extreme blessing. Um, but also to kind of give back to those people that want to learn from them and maybe have never got a chance to, you know, hear any advice. Or maybe they had that question and they got an answer because I asked it. Um, so my, my, my goal with Rogue Chronicles is to just continue to inform people about, you know, the broadcast life. And that it's not always on air, but if it is on air, I may have a guest on there that can give you advice about how they got to their um, career and what they're doing now. So I, I take a lot of pride in it. It's kind of on a little hold right now <laughs> because of uh, <laughs> everything. I might do a quarantine chronicle, one episode. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> You'll be like the rest of the world, hopping on Instagram Live to have conversations with everybody because everyone's in their houses. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So I actually, a friend of mine actually suggested this. And Bruce, I want to bring you in on this one too. And we probably will touch on it again as we keep doing pods. Um, he asked, what are, he's like, what would be the top two things that you wish you had an opportunity to take in this March Madness? And obviously, Rachel, you and I are both keeping an eye on both women's, men's and women's sides, as are you, Bruce, as a member of Buckets, Boards, and Blocks team. But Rachel, what would be like, Two things that you were really looking forward to this March that we were unfortunately robbed of. Hmm. I would have to say, if I'm talking about specific like team stuff, because mm -hmm. um, I worked on a lot of uh, Dayton, the men's side, their games, and Obi Toppin and uh, Dayton Flyers. I was really looking forward to see, you know, where they would get like. I thought that they were a Final Four team, and I know people would argue me on that, but I thought that they really had a, a big chance. Um, so I more so miss the moment. Like, you know, I'm watching a lot of the reruns and stuff on CBS and ESPN and, um, you know, and I just miss the moment. Like, those, those game winners, like, all of that. I just miss that more than anything. That's a good one. Rachel Rachel took my answer, Monica, because I was I was all over the Dayton thing too. Because it's like, who is here that you really don't expect to be here? 
and Dayton was one of the, I mean, always was a, a, a school we had all heard of, but they were never at this sort of level of prestige in the tournament. But for me, the other one would be some of the like seniors that have been, you know, like Miles Powell uh, or Marcus Howard, you know, these classy guys who stayed four years and also, I wanted to see how far Sabrina Ionescu would have went in the women's tournament because that would have been, like, epic to see what she did against the field. Yeah. I So, Bruce, you parlayed perfectly into my two. I definitely wanted to see Sabrina put a cap on unfinished business. Remember, that was her Players' Tribune piece last year when she announced that she was coming back. Definitely wanted to see what she was going to be up to. And then on the women's side, I was really curious to see who was going to be that fourth team because parity is something that we've celebrated this year on both the men's and women's side. I think on the women's side, we had a little bit better idea of at least the three in the final four in terms of it being Oregon, Baylor, and South Carolina. But I thought that NC State was playing really great down the stretch um, in the ACC women's tournament. Maryland was owning the Big Ten. They they won that title there. Um, but I thought that this might be a year that we could see a fourth team, UConn would have been a surprise to pull that off if they had been able to. Um, I really wanted to see what the four would have looked like in New Orleans on the women's side. And then on the men's side, guys, I was really looking forward to the Big East. Bruce, you mentioned Miles Powell and Marcus Howard. I know Mark Cap finished the season on a little bit of a downturn, but the Big East had six or five ranked teams, I believe, at the end of the season. Um, and I, you know, love for my conference, love for my conference. I really wanted to see how deep those teams could go and perform. And then I just think we were in for all types of crazy upsets on the men's sides, and I was just living for it. But, guys, that's spilled milk. <laughs> well, Powell's, Powell and Howard are going to be in the NBA, uh, so we'll get, we'll get a chance to see them. And is Sabrina a junior or a senior? She's a senior. She came okay, so, All right, so we'll be seeing her in the W, so that should be pretty amazing as yeah. well. We'll have to have Kim and John do a team pod, Bruce, where we discuss Marcus Howard as a pro. Because I'm a little bit curious. I got, I got, I got some thoughts there. For now, though, my fantastic friend Rachel McNair is on buckets, boards, and blocks. So, Rachel, this is how we end the pod. You got to give me a bucket, board, or a block, and we'll leave the topic open for you. Whether you want to hit on this season for CBS Sports with you dealing with the pandemic. The March Madness we are missing. Whatever you like. It's, it's your world. But let me tell you what those three things are. A bucket is the A++ thing. You want more of this. Give me more, more, more of this thing. The board is sort of like a rebound. Maybe at first glance it doesn't look so fantastic, but it has some redeeming qualities and there's room for growth. So there's reason to get excited about this thing. And then the block is the thing that you want to see get gone. Get it out of here. Send it into the stands. No more of this thing. So we just need one from you. A bucket, board, or block. And it can be in regards to any hoops topic or relevant topic of your choice. Okay. So I got a block because, look, I'm ready. And this might be a little repetitive, but I am ready for this virus, pandemic, all of it to be gone. Amen. I I'm like this for block. Us to get back to, to sports. Tomorrow's two weeks without live sports, and I'm ready for it to be gone. Like, you know, I just want it to be normal again so I can get back to watching basketball, NBA at least, and WNBA as that approaches. Um, but, yeah, that's my block. I'm, I'm just – this epidemic just needs to get blocked. 
You, 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 you said that with your chest. No hesitation. I can relate. Bruce, can we get an amen to that block? Oh, God, yes. What's the first thing What's the first thing you guys are going to do as soon as they let us out of jail? Go see my grandmoms and give them a hug. I'm getting on the first flight to an island. <laughs> oh, wait, don't leave me. Don't leave me. <laughs> And me and my wife are going to go to New York City and see our kids because we're not allowed there right now. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh, man. But we're all in it together and we're doing our best to navigate. Uh, Rachel, my good friend. Girl, I'm proud of you. Have I said that today? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Thank you so much for making time in your busy schedule. I know you had things to do (laughs) with all this free time that we all have. Um, But thank you so much for coming on, sharing your story. Talking to us about Road Chronicles, what it what it is that you do and are excelling at at CBS Sports. Um, keep up the fantastic work, my friend. Thank you so much for having me. All right, let's go. Time to stick the landing. Big thank you to my girl Rachel McNair for spending some time with us on Buckets, Boards, and Blocks. Thanks to my fantastic producer and loyal sidekick, Bruce Bernstein holding things down as only Bruce can do. Thanks to our fantastic and wonderful editor, Ben Wolfen, for all of his efforts. Guys, although life is on hold for the sports world, Pure Hoops Media continues on with five weekly shows. This week, you definitely want to make time for this one. On the Mike Wise Show, he features Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban, whose leadership and wise words are definitely worth your time. Full Court Press with Fanta and Adams has legendary broadcaster Tim Brando of Fox Sports, and he's got some classic stories. Catch and Shoot has a new show with Otto Strong and Aaron Berlin that dropped on Wednesday. On Friday, BJ Armstrong and Eric Newman will have a new episode of the Pure Hoops Podcast. And I'm back each Thursday with a brand new edition of Buckets, Boards, and Blocks. Please check out all our shows, download, rate, review, and most of all, enjoy. Also, please take a moment to say a prayer for all of our brave healthcare workers who are the real superheroes of our society and working tremendously hard on the front lines of this pandemic. Make sure you treat others well, wash your hands, maintain your distance. Please take this thing seriously. And until next time, enjoy your hoops wherever you can get them. Buckets, Boards and Blocks with Monica McNutt has been a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. 